there's a very specific reason why you and I don't talk about sex. Well, enlighten me, darling. Um, it's because when I was eight years old, you and I were driving in the car and the song I Touch Myself came on the radio. Hmm. Do you remember this? Nope. Are you serious? I'm serious. I wouldn't lie to you. You know, we, <sighs> we repress any uh, difficult memories. Well, this memory is definitely repression-proof for me because um, I was just thinking of this popular song as like kind of like a spin on the hokey pokey. And then you were thinking of this song as like opportunity to be a psychologist, mom. And you were like, Rebecca, do you know what this song's about? And I was like, uh, yeah. And you were like, Rebecca, this song's about masturbation. Do you know what that is, honey? Well, you were so mature, I, I really figured I had to give it to you very, very young. Oh, my gosh. Well, you offered to give me a book, and I offered to never talk to you about sex again. So I think that was the last time. Mm-hmm. That, that <laughs> sounds, makes a lot of sense to me. Do you feel? Do you feel? Down on your luck, you got a big life question. I feel kind of stuck. Maybe you could use an encouraging hug or an extra heaping dose of some motherly love. Well, I'd like to introduce you to my mama B. She's a therapist with a PhD. Prepare yourself to feel a lot more calm, cause it's time for advice from mom. So, Mom, I know the last time that you and I talked about sex was when I was eight years old, that fateful day, um, until now. We got a letter in the Advice for Mom inbox from someone who signs their name Sexless Sourpuss. <laughs> even that made me feel uncomfortable. I got to say, like, even that, I just can't. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I, mean, I pride myself on being someone who's, like, totally open to talk about anything, but— I mean, our show motto is the only problems are the ones we can't talk about. But still, I, don't, I just can't. I can't. I think I understand why. I think we all feel um, nervous about just bringing it up. And it, it, for a variety of reasons. But one, it feels kind of sleazy, mm-hmm. even though maybe it shouldn't. And because people don't usually talk about it. And, uh, you know, forgive yourself maybe and uh, know that you're perfectly normal. So, but it's, it kind of sounds like it's a mutual squeamishness. Yes, I, I think it is, you know, and you probably inherited some of it from me and my Catholic background. So even though like when I was eight, you were, you really propelled this conversation forward. Now we're actually on even playing grounds so and we don't want to talk to each other about this. I'll, I'll go with that. And, um, <laughs> you know, there are all kinds of ways to um, negotiate a, Difficult topic. Um, And one of them, to quote you, is um, exit the scene. Yes, I do often both use that as a strategy for myself and also recommend it to people in certain situations. So what would you think if right now I exit the scene and you can pickleball it up with someone who isn't related to you? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it would be very useful to have a replacement. Wait, are you trying to get rid of me? Uh, um, occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Not usually, but sometimes, yeah. 
And do you also support my rationale for the fact that I brought in a stand-in for myself, someone who you basically love as much as your own? Who's my favorite? Who's your favorite? Today's host and stand-in is a friend of mine for 16 years. Did you know we've been friends for 16 years, Mom? The time does go fast. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say he's one of the uh, most mentally healthy people I know. All right. Endorsed by Mama B. (laughs) Endorsed double stamp of approval, good housekeeping, etc. Today's host went to design school with me, and he is now the lead designer at Airbnb, focused on making their site more inclusive. Cool. And I would say he's really good at talking about emotions. Perfect. I mean, he's so good at talking about emotions. When my husband Brian and I decided we wanted to get hitched, we were like, hey, Michael, will you marry us? (laughs) It's time to say hello to the amazing Michael Sue. Hey, Michael. Hello, Mama B. Hi, Michael. So good to talk to you. Oh, so nice to talk to you, too. I'm so happy to hear your voice. Yes, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. And Rebecca asked me to ask you what you said when Rebecca and Brian announced that they were going to get married. Do you remember what you said? Of course, I don't remember oh, of what course I said. You don't because <laughs> I can't believe Rebecca told you to ask me that because she knows that I have a terrible memory. People are very important to me. I have, uh, I love the times I spend with people. I just can't remember them <laughs> after we've done it. I often have to go back and ask Rebecca literally, like, what did I say to you? What did I do? Please don't compare yourself to Rebecca because she has a fantastic memory. And daddy, her dad was just saying so today. That makes me, that makes me feel better. I know I do remember a good quote that comparison is the thief of joy. So Mm. if you want to be joyful, don't compare yourself to other people. (laughs) I like that. If you want to be really happy, just don't remember anything that happened. I'm like a goldfish. Okay, before you guys get too into um, general wisdom and unnecessary compliments, I'm just going to re-steer you a little bit. First, I'm going to say thank you to Michael. I know he's never going to remember that this happened. Mm-hmm. Mm. He still doesn't know I'm a vegetarian, Mom. He keeps forgetting. You eat fish, right? See? No. been a vegetarian for 30 years, Michael. Wow. Anyways, this is not about us. This is about the sex question that requires me to hand the show over to somebody else. <laughs> Yes. So I'm just very quickly going to set you guys up with the format. Mm -hmm. Michael is going to read the question. And then, Mom, we're going to hand it off to you for your advice. And then we're going to let you two play pickleball because clearly you are already swapping wisdom with these quotes. (laughs) And uh, then we'll have Michael introduce our second opinion. Yes. All right. So, Michael, host with your mostest. Are you ready for me to read the question, Mama B? I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget the disclaimer. Great. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to offer diagnosis or treatment of any medical or psychological condition. All treatment decisions should be made in partnership with your health professional. All right, let's get to the question. Dear Mama B, firstly, how are you? I hope you are well. Does pickleball produce pickleball elbow like tennis? I've been Googling pickleball since listening to this series. Looks like fun. Okay, I do have a problem, which is that I love sex. I have a healthy appetite for it. And as time goes by, my wife seems less and less into it. 
We don't do any extreme things in bed. We're not BDSMers or anything. Although I would try it. But I find myself always the initiator. I'm the one trying to insert sex into the evening and then I feel bad for pushing and then she feels bad for withholding. She seems like she is always on a deadline, but I see her stop for a snack. She stops to play with the cat. She even stops to complain about how hard her work is. I feel like any of those times could be an opportunity to have sex. I think the worst part is that she says she loves me and we work well in every other regard. The only part of me she doesn't care about is my penis. And I care for her too, I love her, but when I try to show it, I get rejected. Because to me, sex and love are synonymous. Is she a sexless robot that only gets fulfillment when computating? We talk about it, but have no solutions. She recognizes the problem, but has no drive to do anything. The whole problem is mine. If I wasn't a horn dog, then she would be fine not ever feeling intimate. I guess I want her to want me, and I need her to need me. Right now, I'm begging her to beg me. I know she loves me. Sincerely, sexless sourpuss. Well, all right, sexless sourpuss, it sounds like you're ready for some advice from Mama B to the PhD. Here we go. Hello to you, sexless sourpuss. Thank you for your honest and in-depth question. And yes, by the way, thank you for asking about my pickleball elbow. I do sometimes have some... Uh, discomfort in my elbow, just like tennis elbow. So my impressions from your question are that you and your wife are probably opposites. Uh, Sounds like she really needs closure and you like to keep all your options open. And you and she are definitely in a power struggle. Across the board, most relationships, I think, have power struggles. And, you know, it's really not fun to be in a tug of war like that. Another item is that she's most probably very hurt by your criticism. So when I think about it uh, from uh, the big picture standpoint, I think that this question is not about sex. I think it's about love. And I think you are writing to me because at some level you are aware that you have been causing stress in your marriage. That's inadvertently you're causing stress. But this is not what you want to be doing. You are consciously aware that you want the relationship to work. And so I think you're facing kind of a major, it may be life-changing decision and that is whether to persist in trying to change your wife or your other choice is to acknowledge that you can only change yourself. So when I work with couples, I often ask this question, what might you change in yourself to improve the relationship with your mate? And of course, I ask that question to each person So 
in your case, if you start asking yourself, how can I improve myself? I think you're going to feel better about this whole thing. So if you accept the challenge that I'm throwing out to you, the challenge is to change your own behavior. One of the best ways I can think of for you to do that is to get a book by Michelle Weiner Davis. And it's a fabulously wonderful book. I love this book. It's called Divorce Busting. She gives real practical step-by-step guidance and techniques on how to save your marriage. Now, I don't think you believe that your marriage is in any kind of jeopardy, but I think if this kind of pattern continues, it might be. And so one of my favorite strategies from her book is kind of can be summed up as actions speak louder than words. And often uh, people are very surprised by this. Uh, We know that from the research and so forth that often talking about it doesn't help a bit. Another thing you can do is to learn more about your wife's temperament type. And so we know you are an extrovert. And I think she probably is an introvert from your description. And my guess is that each of you is kind of baffled by the other's behavior and ideas. So I think one of the things that a a temperament type understanding gives us, it gives us a more accurate image of our mates. Not the image that we <laughs> that we imagine our mate uh, fits, not what we would like them to fit, but what they really are like, the real person. Uh, some of us, and I think you're included in this, we try to change our loved ones. And of course, that's a formula for disaster. I know, because I've been there and done that. So I have a couple of specific suggestions uh, about ways to change your behavior kind of in real time. So instead of wondering why your wife works so much, why don't you just get curious and ask her? Instead of stalking her when she's having a snack or petting the cat, or better yet, walk out of the house. It's what I call Exit the scene. And it doesn't really matter what you do with you, you know, when once you walk out of the room or walk out of the house. That doesn't matter. What matters is that you are interrupting the pattern of interaction as you leave the room, because I bet generally that's not the thing you do. When your wife responds to your criticism with defensiveness, I think she's just trying to protect herself emotionally. That's a sign of her good mental health. And remember, when you fight to win, you get to sleep with the loser. Now, let's be sure, to be sure, really, changing oneself is very, very hard. We are all creatures of habit, both 
emotionally and physiologically. Our bodies and our minds and our spirits like sameness. So it's going to be hard to change if you decide to do so. Of course, my usual uh, proviso on that is it will be easier for you if you have a, a coach or a therapist or a, somebody to help guide you through this process. Or even the book. Um, the book, if you use it as a companion and really let it guide you. I know some people prefer to do it by themselves with a, you know, a good book. So, but even though that that changing is very hard work, most people say that it's well worth the effort, and it's they be they are very surprised at how much depth they can find in their relationship once they get to know the real person who they're married to, or mated to. If you try this stuff, but you find it's hard to stay motivated. I invite you to just hear my voice asking you, how will you feel if you lose her? I think it's time for Mother, Daughter's Friend, Pickle. Okay, Mama B. Let's get into some pickleball. Um, and I think it's also interesting that Rebecca asked me to, you know, sit in today for her to talk with you. I'm um, happy. I'm happy I'm she happy did. too. I feel very close to you, but I think it's funny because we've never talked about sex before together, so I don't know That's why. right. Rebecca. Do what scares you. Oh, gosh. All right, here we go. At the end, you said to sexless sourpuss, how will you feel if you lose her? And I was thinking like, wow, that's a pretty heavy question. Do you think they're at that point? No, no, I really don't. This doesn't mean you're ready for divorce. This doesn't mean you're ready for separating. It usually takes a long time, but the criticism is very, very profoundly damaging. Mm-hmm. No matter what you know, what the justification is, or it just it it really is. So it makes people feel evaluated. It makes them defensive, and then they, especially more a more introverted person, will just go into their little shell and try not to get criticized again. Mm-hmm. So doesn't make for good intimacy. The criticism stood out to me too in that, you know, when when Sexless Arpa said, you know, my wife is petting the cat and telling me about how her day was, we could be having sex when she's like petting the cat or, you know, doing stuff like that. Uh, it was interesting because I thought, well, can't somebody just pet a cat in their house and, <laughs> you know, not be like, you should be paying attention to my penis right now. Right. But, you know, I don't want to... Uh, sex shame anybody because that's totally, you know, valid too to want to have, you know, sex with your partner and do that. But if you're jealous of the cat, that (laughs) might, you know, be a sign. But you were talking about love and connection and communication. And I was thinking, you know, is it about uh, negotiation and like a couple's ability to negotiate things that work for them? Absolutely right. Really, they, the, the two people ultimately will eventually negotiate everything, I think, whether they, you know, they're consciously doing it or not. But 
negotiation is a perfect word. Yeah, it's interesting because I, okay, so my experience too, like I've never been in a relationship with a heterosexual cisgendered man before. I am a gay man, so I've only been in relationships with gay men. But that also means I've been in relationships with like 200% more penises than this (laughs) writer. So I've been around a lot of penises and have learned that, you know, there's always a negotiation to be made. You can kind of, you know, figure things out and try to figure out something that works for you and your partner and your relationship. Um, So I was curious you know, do you, but I think that's hard. It's hard to negotiate when you're kind of at the end of your relationship rope or you're at the end of your patience or you really feel so under, um, you know, underserved that you aren't getting what you need, um, that you can't, you know, kind of uh, show up for your partner and negotiate. So in your experience, have you found couples, you know, there's certain things you can do to negotiate when you're in a tough spot already. Like things aren't great already. You're already Mm -hmm. at a standoff. Like how do you negotiate when you're already at a standoff? Um, I think it's very hard. I think um, before you can negotiate, which I think of as a kind of teamwork, I think you have to get to know each other better. If she indeed is an introvert, then it would be even more likely that she has not been very verbal about the way she sees things. And often it is the more extroverted person that has to kind of take the leadership role. And uh, in this case, if he doesn't do that, um, I think then, you know, things could get seriously non-negotiable, if you will. Uh, but the negotiation is really important. But both people have to feel um, really emotionally safe first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because or you're sleeping with the loser because it's like you said. You know, it's such a perfect, it's such a perfect reframe that um, I, you know, I probably overused it. But so. I don't know, maybe I'll bounce the pickleball back to you and say, you know, like you didn't really talk about sex at all in your advice, um, but w- isn't that an important part of this question? Yeah. Um, well, the the um, tried and true notion with most couple therapists is that um, the relationship is the more important piece. And once the relationship becomes really comfortable then the sexuality will will go more smoothly. And that doesn't mean that it's an automatic, but improving the relationship and, and helping the other person feel um, emotionally safe is just huge as far as helping to experiment with sex, to... Um, do do sexual things more often, do a bigger variety of sexual things. Uh, so, I, and I'm not trained in sexual techniques. So I just don't go to areas of expertise that I don't have any expertise in. So, uh, <laughs> um, but there are plenty of forms of that kind of expertise. And, uh, and the best is just to experiment with each other in a comfortable way. And then things emerge. Now that's kind of a, maybe an unsophisticated view, but it's, it's how I view it. 
So well, I why don't we get a you know a real expert in here and get some advice from an expert, a sexpert. Um, are you ready to hear some advice from a sex expert? Since we're just fumbling around in the dark. <laughs> Absolutely. Hello, Sexless Sourpuss. I'm Erica Moen. I'm a cartoonist, and I've been in the comics industry for about 18 years now. And the last five years, my husband and I have been doing a comic called Ojoy Sex Toy. And once a week, we put up a comic that covers some aspect of the sex and sexuality world. So we review sex toys, we share sex education, we interview sex workers, sex professionals, and we also feature a whole bunch of guest artists who come in and cover different aspects of the sex world, um, you know, things that we wouldn't have any insight into. So we got these other perspectives and different takes on the same subject. I have no real qualifications to be an expert. I just spend every waking minute immersed in this. So sexless. Uh, what I hear in your letter is just like, I, it's breaking my heart because <laughs> obviously you two like each other. You're both a good couple. You get along really well. You're a good team, a good partnership. Uh, but what I'm seeing in this letter is that you are pushing, pushing, pushing to have sex with your wife all the time. And what I see from her according to this letter, is that she is shutting down from that. And it looks like she's really putting up walls to that um, from being so persistently pushed. I mean, uh, you talk about how, you know, she had time to complain about her day. Why doesn't she have time to have sex? And it's like, those are very different things that require very different emotional and mental spaces. So like, right off the bat, think about what qualifies as sex to you. And I know when you're talking to straight couples, it's sort of like people roll their eyes and it's like, well, obviously penis goes in the vagina, but sex is a lot more than just vaginal penetration with a penis. Like sex is being physically wrapped up in somebody and that doesn't necessarily involve vaginal penetration. Like being sexually active with somebody can be having your arms wrapped around them and just like rolling around together and having a heavy makeout session and, um, you know oral sex, like sex is in the name right there. That is, that is a very legitimate. That's not just foreplay. It's not just a warm up to having vaginal penetration. Like, no, that in itself is sex. If you just go down on somebody, um, using your hands on somebody, manual sexual stimulation, or even it doesn't have to be genital focused. Like what if he's just running his hands all over her entire body? Sexless. Like, what are you counting as sex? Because if right now it is just I get to stick my dick in you until I come. Like, that's not always that appealing. Um, some people can be into that, but definitely in the case of your wife, it does not sound like she's into that right now. So I would maybe sit down and talk about, like, what would she like that doesn't involve your dick in her body? What, um, what can you do for her? And could you just have like the next week say, listen, my dick is totally off the table. Don't look about it. Don't think about it. I just want to give you back rubs. I just want to, or not even back rubs, but like full body, like let the hands go everywhere and be gentle and nice and like make it feel good for her. Can I just eat you out for a week? Can you just sit on my face for a week? Like really, there's other things to do, you know? And I would really focus on Treat her like a queen for a week, you know? See if that kind of 
indulges her a little bit more uh, instead of her just being like a service piece that's just there for you to jack off into. Well, and to to bring in a personal, um, like, I can relate to this guy. I have been this guy. <laughs> um, when you're in a long-term relationship, people's uh, desire for sex is going to go at different waves. And sometimes you and your partner are perfectly matched up, and that is fucking fantastic. Whether you're both having a high desire for sex or you're both having a low desire for sex, like when you are on the same page, it's simpatico. It's great. When you're in a long-term relationship with somebody, you will not always be on the same page. And I have definitely been the partner that has the higher desire. And it's like, come on, come on. I, I want to do it. You had time to complain about your day. You have time to do me. And it's like, the more you push, it just is going to make them feel attacked, make them feel like they're failing you. Um, so, so yeah, from hornball to hornball, uh, you just, you got to back off. And also like, I, I'm assuming this person has two hands. We can take care of ourselves. Like that's the great thing about being a grown up with a, a place to live on your own, like get some lube, get, if you want sex toys, get sex toys. I like sex toys. Just take care of yourself and tell yourself, like, I'm going to give my partner a break for the next week, the next two weeks, the next month, like they are on their own. This is just me time. I will take care of my needs and leave my poor spouse to their own devices, give them a vacation from myself, you know? And this, I, I, I recognize this isn't going to work for all couples. So, but sexless, you and your wife might want to consider opening up your relationship. And, you know, this could be a nice break for her. I mean, obviously get her permission, be, everybody should be on the same page and be cool about it. Don't harass her into it. And then, you know, if if the wife is really feeling uh, pestered and dreading having sexual contact with you, you can just go get your needs met somewhere else. And she doesn't have to <laughs> she doesn't have to keep doing this chore she's not into. So sexless, I actually have some comics on Ojoy Sex Toy that I think could be helpful for you. One of the comics is about vaginal penetration and talking about, you know, how this this is a fun sex act, but it is one sex act. And it is not the one and only almighty act. Um, it's not the trophy you're you're gunning for. It's just one of them. Sexless should definitely check out the comic um, where I reviewed the book Come As You Are by Dr. Emily Nagoski. And it talks about the way there's different modes that people go through feeling sexual arousal. And some people have passive sexual arousal. Some people have spontaneous sexual arousal. And um, it's really fascinating. And then I would, I would also recommend checking out my comic on what sex positivity is. Um, because sex positivity doesn't just mean like you're always down to fuck and you're always ready to go right now. It means there's a lot of different ways people are going to experience sex and their desire for sex. And there are asexual people and there are people who just generally have a lower desire for sex. And that is totally legit. And being sex positive means understanding and respecting that everybody gets to experience their desire and their fantasies and their the stimulation they like for themselves. And that doesn't necessarily mean you'll understand it yourself. You, you won't necessarily relate to it, but be be cool and respectful about it when somebody else is wired differently than you, as long as they're wired in a way where they're not hurting anybody and everything they do is consensual. I guess in conclusion, I I still see hope for you guys, sexless and Mrs. Sexless. Um, if you guys 
if if you can, I would recommend both of you read the book Come As You Are by Dr. and Emily Nagoski. It will blow your mind. Um, it's not like any other sex uh, book I've ever read before. Um, I, I really recommend checking that out and talking honestly with each other about what, how are you both defining sex and what, what do you want from each other, you know? Uh, yeah, lots of good luck. So, you know, um, Erica's advice was very, very useful and helpful, and I liked it for the most part. But the notion that um, sexless sourpuss might want to open up his relationship, that piece, I think, is um, I don't want to endorse that unless they do it in the context of a very capable therapist for something as big as an open relationship. But Michael, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Do you think that if we were talking about two males, do you think that this would be a very different dynamic? I think that I really appreciate having lived in San Francisco and been, mm. you know, part of a community that here, of like a gay community, um, that has all so many different kinds of r- arrangements. And so when you have, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that diversity to look at and you start to, yeah, see kind of similarities and how some things are just human things, I think this is just, like, a human thing. It's just, you know, there's people on a spectrum from sexual to not sexual to um, all different kinds of arrangements as well. Well, and that's the point of this, you know. Our goal is to provide you with diverse choices and um, let you decide which works best for you and uh, fits into your context. Feels comfortable for you. But I am so glad that she picked up that ball and ran with it. <laughs> she left ball? It. <laughs> there you go. It's, uh, metaphors dropping everywhere. <laughs> okay, Mama B. Now, I must ask, uh, you know, just because I'm always open to feedback and just like to, you know, create open Mm -hmm. channels of communication Mm -hmm. with people I'm in relationships with. Um, How was making this episode with me? Well, I really like the fact that you dropped a couple words on me that really were graphic. Mm. And that's that that sort of opened it up, didn't it? I I think that was, it sort of broke through the ice. And uh, it was good. That was great. And um, it, it's kind of neat because um, Rebecca knows that I'm very, uh, usually very well planned out and so forth, but she has a lot of ways to get me to be more spontaneous. And I think this was one of them. We both admitted that we were a little uncomfortable or maybe a lot uncomfortable, but I, I wasn't too uncomfortable, but it was fun just to explore. What's this going to be like? Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca's, um, she's good like that. She's clever at crafting, you know, experiences uh, for people in relationships to open you up to new things and, but, you know, create the psychological safety to do that and um, and then you can explore. Uh, guys, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut you off. It's, um, you're getting into the unnecessary compliment field again. 
Is it okay if I bring RGB back now into the conversation? Since I invited myself you, I back mean, in. Sometimes it happens. You're always welcome, darling. <laughs> thank you, Mama. Actually, thank you to both of you for being such good sports about this. I know the uncomfortability of it all was a little unbearable at times, but I really appreciate it. And I think you guys made a stellar episode. And I didn't have to talk about sex with my mom. Boom! I also want to give a huge thank you to Erica Moen. Holy moly, am I a fan of you and your work. And mom, because I know you much prefer to give people books on sex than talking about it, I thought you would enjoy that Erica and her husband, Matthew Nolan, have a new book coming out November 6th. And mom, I think you're going to think this title is adorable. Okay. It's called Drawn to Sex, The Basics. Okay, cute. And has all these informative comics about all these different aspects of sex. Well, I, I truly cannot wait to read that book. And it's going to become part of my collection. And I, I bet I can probably give it to clients also as a, a very uh, appropriate sex education kind of piece. I'm so, Or maybe I could even give it to Rebecca to give her a, a little more embarrassment than I've already given her. Hey, Michael, to round out the show, do you want to do the closing credits? Yeah, I love credits. I love giving people credit where credit is due. So, you know that Advice from Mom is a production of Wise Ones Adult Services. Adult Services? Oh, okay. No, sorry, not adult services. Sorry, I got sex on the burn. Um, <laughs> let me try that again. Advice from Mom is a production of Wise Ones Advice Services. It was produced by Juliet Heinley. Mixed and mastered by Jake Young. Hey, what about me? What? <laughs> oh, by Juliet sorry. And Rebecca <laughs> you say her, she's twice in here. I messed up my line line. It was produced by Juliet Heinley all by herself without any help from Rebecca Garza Bortman. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I misread that? Okay. Editing by Juliet Heinley and no help from Rebecca Garza Bortman. Mixed and mastered by Jake Young. Audio assistance by Brian P. Pumpernickel Peanut Garza. Our love theme music is by Our the... Our love theme oh. music? <laughs> God. I'm just sex and love, sex and love. These credits are on fire. <laughs> Our theme music is by Love Jerks. Michael, aren't you um, going to be in an upcoming Love Jerks production? I think I just agreed to it because you're looking at me very <laughs> intently. <laughs> I can't say no. Send help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I want to do it. <clears throat> really? Yeah, I give consent, yeah. <laughs> do you want to tell our listeners who listen all the way to the end what we're doing? Uh, y'all should come out because we are doing a debut of the final album of Love Jerk. The final Fi- I mean, album? No, yeah, the band is done. It's over. This is <laughs> You didn't know? I'm your manager now, and this is it, kid. <laughs> We wrote a rock opera in honor of our album release, and we'll be performing it live at the Makeout Room in San Francisco on November 3rd, and Mm. you're going to be in the rock opera, Michael. Yes. Starting November 3rd and ending November 3rd. (laughs) (laughs) One night only, kids. That's good. Are you done being funny? Also, like, let's not forget I have, yes, I have a Jewish mother, but I have a formerly Catholic mother. I mean, this lady almost became a nun. Let's not forget. So, like, talk about not talking about sex. Progress has been made today. We, We say about nuns, none of this, none of that.